0: Good morning, Four Oaks. It is Pastor Paul. It is a Thursday morning, February 17th. So glad that you are with us. We are making our way through the book of Romans. We're running sort of parallel to our sermon series on Sunday mornings at Four Oaks, and we are in Romans chapter seven. And just, just as a refresher, what we do here is try to come behind the sermon and pick up some of the pieces, theological or otherwise, that maybe we didn't have as much time to spend on on that Sunday. And we've been in Romans 7, and Paul um, is using marriage as an illustration to show what the believer's relationship is now with the law. And Paul says, just as um, a spouse is bound to their, their, their covenant partner in marriage for life, the only thing that can dissolve that bond is marriage. And once that person dies, that person, the other spouse is is free to remarry. And Paul says, it's the same way with the law. The person who has to die is us. We die to the law. We're no longer enslaved, bound by the law. We're now bound to Jesus Christ. And the issue of divorce and remarriage comes up because this is a passage often cited by those who would say that there really is no biblical grounds for remarriage in the Bible, that the only time, whether the, whether the divorce is biblical or unbiblical, the only time a spouse can remarry um, is when their previous spouse dies. And what we've been trying to unpack is to understand a little more broadly what does the Bible say about divorce and remarriage. And my position has been I don't think Paul is, is articulating a systematic theology of divorce and remarriage in Romans 7. He's simply using a very obvious illustration to talk about how people who die are no longer bound by the law. And so, to sort of delve into that and give some, some backdrop to that, we've been looking at what does Jesus say about divorce? Um, what does Paul say about divorce? And now, today, we want to just briefly touch on the issue of remarriage. And one of the things that was, um, we, we one question that we immediately have is, well, why didn't Jesus dress, address the question of remarriage? Well, we know that in Jewish law, um, it was commonly understood at the time that if one spouse um, was divorced by another spouse unbiblically for for unjustified means, sexual immorality, or the other, it was very much understood that the other spouse, the the non, uh, the innocent spouse, so to speak, um, was free to remarry. And as we've seen, that seems to be the same thing that Paul says. So, so, so go back in First Corinthians seven, uh, just for a moment, um, where it says that um, if we go back to First uh, Corinthians seven twelve. Um, Verse 15, it says, but if the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. In such cases, the brother or sister is not enslaved. And again, a lot of debate about that word enslave. It means to to be bound to. uh, But again, interesting that Paul uses that same language in marriage, okay, um, that he uses in Romans 7 about being bound to a spouse and how death separates that. Well, here he seems to say, if... If the believing spouse is being abandoned by the unbelieving spouse or if the unbelieving spouse is refusing to stay in a committed covenantal co- covenantal faithfully uh, committed marriage to that person then that person is no longer bound that person is no longer um, enslaved to that person it means the word is' in, the, the word is bound and and again, it seems that what Paul is Paul is getting at there that that not only are they not bound to the marriage, but they are now free um, to remarry. And and what I'm articulating there has been the traditional, um, orthodox understanding of divorce and remarriage, particularly in the Protestant tradition. Now, there have been some, and and John Piper being a leader proponent, leading proponent, and again. John Piper, um, gifted man of God, we are so thankful for him, been deeply imprinted personally corporate by him, corporately by him. but he has a position which is essentially um, that divorce that remarriage is never allowed in the Bible unless the previous spouse um, dies, regardless of what kind of divorce it was. Now what's interesting about that position, um, so so Pastor John won't won't marry people who've been previously divorced. Um, he, um, he takes that sort of pretty arch-conservative position that's, that's not in unity with the rest of his elder counselor, at least when he was the pastor at Bethlehem Baptist. Um, the, the majority of that elder board had a much more what we would call a traditional understanding that I've been articulating this week about divorce and remarriage. So there's a principle here, and I think it's very simple. If the divorce was biblical, so is the remarriage. So, if there has been a biblical grounds for divorce, whether it's been sexual adultery, or um, one spouse abandoning the other, or creating a living situation where the where the innocent spouse really has no um, recourse but to leave, whether that's physical violence, sexual violence, um, some sort of addictive behavior that's dangerous to the spouse and the children, or you know, there there could be a hundred different scenarios. Um, then we talked about how 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 it seems to be our position here that divorce, I mean, that remarriage is permissible. Now, the question is, what if the divorce was unbiblical? What if someone, whether Christian or non-Christian, has been unbiblically divorced from their spouse, meaning they have owned the share, the lion's share of the weight of the responsibility, they've been unfaithful, they're the one that left the marriage, they're the one that... Um, um, insisted upon the divorce. What happens in those situations? Okay, so let's go back to 1 Corinthians 7 for a second, and Paul speaks to the situation. He says, now, to the married, I give this charge, not I, but the Lord. And that doesn't mean that Paul's command is not binding. It just means that this is a direct commandment from the Lord to Paul and not a direct commandment from the Lord directly to the people. Paul's the one saying this. He said, to the married, I give this charge. The wife should not separate from her husband, but if she does, she should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband and the husband should not divorce his wife. And so Paul envisions a circumstance where one spouse might leave the other for unbiblical reasons. And Paul's counsel or command actually in that situation is this that spouse is to remain as they are or else be reconciled to their former spouse. Okay. And I think that's a pretty clear statement. It's a very, it's 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 this unambiguous. The issue comes, what if I have been unbiblically divorced and remarriage isn't possible? Okay. In other words, what if I was a non-Christian 20 years ago, and my former spouse has gone on to remarry? Or what if my former spouse wants nothing to do with me? Um, now I'm a believer. What am I to do now? And I think in order to begin to parcel those kind of situations out and just know there are a thousand different variations of that scenario I just articulated. It takes incredible wisdom. That's why, again, we need the body of Christ. Godly leaders to walk alongside people to be able to sift and parse these things, but I think before before anything else, there has to be a proper understanding of what actually happened. So sometimes in those situations, there can be such um, an urgency about getting remarried okay, that that becomes the primary issue, and everything else sort of subservient to that. And which is on one hand understandable because. We're not made to be alone, we want companionship, we want um, a marital partner. Um, But the problem becomes is that we can tend to obfuscate or blur or even deceive ourselves about what happened in the past in order to justify what we're doing in the present. And so before anything else can happen, I think the most important thing is that there is real clarity brought to the situation to know what exactly happened in the past who did what what was my position what was the nature of my heart and and really getting to the bottom of that and really having that person come clean before the lord and come clean before um the people walking alongside of them and coming clean with their former spouse and so sometimes um this can this can involve even if that former spouse has now gone on to be remarried, going back to that to that former spouse and repenting, saying they're sorry, confessing your sins. Um, it may be that that former spouse has nothing has, you know, wants nothing to do with that person. Um, there have been situations where there's been a non biblical divorce, and one partner has realized it, has gone back to the other partner. Um, to repent, um, God begins a reconciliation process. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. Now, again, we can't cover all the various scenarios, but one thing I would want to say, sometimes people have been tempted to say, well, I divorced unbiblically, I remarried unbiblically. Now I should divorce the person I'm un- I unbiblically remarried. And again, that that seems, I think that would be wrong. That would making, that would be compounding a sin and error, right? What God has joined together, let not no man separate. And so when two people are married, whether they're Christian, non-Christian, one or the other, biblical, unbiblical, divorce, remarriage, they are to remain together and live in covenant faithfulness. And I've seen that happen, and God has richly blessed that couple, even as they were maybe both mourning and repenting over their unbiblical marriage or their unbiblical divorce in the past. Uh, again, that's a beautiful thing. But the, the, the main point here um, is that I'm not, I don't think we can provide a simple yes and no question. Can I get remarried if my previous divorce was unbiblical? And the answer oftentimes is it depends, right? Is remarriage even possible? Um, is your former spouse remarried? Um, is your, are you, was the, did that happen when you were both non-Christians and now you're a Christian and this person's a non-Christian, what do you do? And again, could be a million different scenarios, but it begins, I think by a humble posture, um, on the part of that person who's seeking clarity and answers to these things to say, here's what happened back when I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to, um, obfuscate, I'm not going to attempt to rewrite history, but I'm just going to say straight up, this is what it was, and confess that before the Lord and before the brothers, and let the chips fall, knowing that God's grace is amazing, and God's grace covers over all of our sins. And then once that person comes to that place, then with godly counsel and godly leaders who can walk alongside of them, there can be a process of discerning what is God's will in this situation, um, now what I what I just described, it's messy, right? It's it's much messier than simply saying there's no remarriage at all. That's not even possible. When you do that, then you sort of take out all wisdom, um, and and it's very easy simply to check boxes and say no, you can't, or yes, you can. But I think that God has called us to walk alongside of people who've been. Um, whether they've been biblically or unbiblically divorced or remarried or what have you, to bear their burdens, to love them, to pray for them. This is the nature of the broken world that we live in, all while being faithful to Scripture. Okay, so that's our lesson for today. Tomorrow, I want to use, and that would be Friday the, the 18th, I want to preview our Theology and Practice weekend and what's going to be happening, as well as forecast... Um, Some special things we're going to be doing um, during these pastoral devotionals um, next week. And I think you'll like it. It'll be a nice surprise. But stay tuned. You got to be back here tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. to find out. Okay? Unless, of course, you're going back later and listening to it. And in that case, that's fine too. Okay, let me pray. Lord, bless um, your people today. And Lord, I know many come from just complex backgrounds and marital situations and divorces and Lord, it can seem messy. It is messy. But Lord, your grace is greater than all of our sins. And that's why we want to be humble about it. Confess these things freely before you. And um, pray and just know that you will guide and direct us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.